Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, ho, oh no, wait, <laughs> idiot. See, the professional would probably, you know, uh, go back and start over, but uh, I am not one, so will not. <laughs> At the beginning of my, which I guess this will be after, uh, beginning of my Christmas uh, Scrooge script reading special, I always start by saying, hello, ho, 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 which I almost did there, but it is January, so that would have been silly. And although this is a silly podcast, you know, let's not get uh, let's not get to those sort of deep levels of silliness because that leads to anarchy. Hmm. This show, oh god, whatever it is, is one in which I discuss all the media I have consumed in the past little while because I am working under the assumption that should I not do so, that uh, that that information, that data, that input, as Johnny Five would say, would just sit in the dusty attic of my mind and slowly, or not so slowly, drive me insaner in the membraneer. So uh, yeah, that's what this is. Um, I should say that the possibility exists that you have not consumed some of this media yourself, and I don't want to spoil it for you, so I warn of that possibility. You see what I've done here? Uh, I think with that said, I'm going to push a button that will get us started. What? Oh, shit. Fuck. <laughs> you know what's funny about that, me fucking that up? I was literally, and, and this is not hyperbably, hyperbably, I was literally about to say, wow, that was a pretty smooth start. <laughs> what the fuck? monologue today's movie monologue sponsor is patterson big and wide shoe store thank you for that sponsorship okay just have two movies and one of them is potentially not even a movie kind of sort of kind of sort of which we will see the first definite movie is called the dark divide from 2020 somehow <laughs> i guess it was probably not made in 2020 based on the story of renowned is he though? Butterfly, I guess in some circles, r renowned butterfly expert Robert Pyle, who embarked on a life-changing trek through one of America's most important unprotected wildlands in the summer of 1995. Uh, the uh, uh, Robert Pyle, played by David Cross, who I am a huge fan of, just in general, from, you know, comedy but this is not, uh, although there is funny parts in this movie, um, this is definitely not a comedy movie. Dark comedy? Yeah, okay, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. Uh, definitely more, how about dramedy? Yeah, yeah, 
You know what? Uh, there, there's movies I would call comedy. There's movies I would call dramas. There's movies I would call dark comedies. But there's not too many, just even off, uh, off the top of my head, or I think fit the description when I hear the word dramedy. Uh, you know what it is? Dark comedy. The comedy is first and the drama is second here where it's a dramedy, I'd say the drama comes first and the comedy. Yeah, you know what? Maybe that's the, the that's the sort of signifier. Hmm, interesting conversation I'm having with myself. Four minutes and 30 seconds into a podcast. I don't know. I just looked at the time there. Uh, yeah, so I uh, very much enjoyed this. Um, it's sort of a, 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 I guess you could say classic, a literal journey slash quest with a, a, a metaphorical journey slash quest as he sort of tries to get over the death of his wife, which seemed to be the sort of what spurned on uh, his, his desire to sort of go into the woods and uh, just sort of forget himself, forget uh, real life and uh, focus on, you, you know what it is kind of uh, the thought I had was um, when you sort of, you, one of your main focuses of your day-to-day -day is surviving <laughs> it doesn't leave much time for thoughts of other things and potentially uh it's uh, seemingly at least from the movie and uh, i guess the fact that it's based on real life uh a, a sort of cleansing uh, come through this experience uh out the other side with a a, a better understanding of yourself and the world around you wow that almost sounds like something a smart person would say. Moving on to movie the second. Mm, yeah, see, I don't know if it's a movie necessarily as so much a special, quote unquote, I guess you would call. Uh, we're talking The Grand Tour presents A Massive Hunt. Now, it is an hour and a half long. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> okay, so uh, host Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, and James May journey through Madagascar in search of buried treasure. If you're unfamiliar with those three names, uh, that will mean you will have probably not heard of the television program Top Gear, which was on for many, many years from uh, to start in the 90s, probably 90s to the to the aughts. Uh, was it in the 80s even? Anyways, it was on for a very, very long time. But eventually uh, went off the air and uh, uh, came back in this incarnation called The Grand Tour on Amazon. Uh, and, and then now that has sort of changed from that original program to The Grand Tour, which was almost identical to what they do now, these three uh, old men. <laughs> Uh, which is interesting. Okay, you know what? Why don't I just say that uh, now? Uh, th these th these dudes are in their fifties, which, <laughs> well, they're they're never going to hear this in a million years, uh, and most people won't. The vast majority of people will not hear this, so I, I feel like it's a man. These guys look old for their age. <laughs> I think it's a combination of a shit ton of just booze. And, um, maybe a hard living, just, you know, L-I-V-I-N, I, I guess, uh, there is times on these shows where they are really put through the ringer. So, uh, sort of the combination of these things, British as well, <laughs> do, do British people look older? I don't know, but they look older than they are, I feel like, which is just a thing. It's, it's not a big deal. I don't know why I'm dwelling on it and I shouldn't have even brought it up anyways. 
so in this one, which will give you a, an idea of what previous specials, because they all share some sort of similarities, um, each of the three will pick slash design a car, a vehicle of some sort, and then um, have to compete in various tasks uh, or, or, or simply get from point A to point B, although between point A and point B is uh, apparently in Madagascar famously horrible roads. Now, some of them just look like normal roads, but some of them I don't even know how you could classify as roads. It, it was just rocks strewn up and down like it, it, it honestly didn't look like it looked like you'd be better off just walking <laughs> well i look like a, that's what a lot of people do in fact a bit of a spoiler for this uh, it was interesting because it was the first time it's ever happened uh one of the cars simply couldn't make it just broke down and was unfixable the uh the clutch uh fell out uh, I won't say on whose. Oh, in case you decide to watch it yourself, which I, I do recommend. It's just uh, dumb fun. Uh, I, I think how it can be classified. The best classification of Top Gear and these three gentlemen and the Grand Tour and this is, is just dumb fun. Um, <laughs> sort of, uh, I know I've compared them to the Three Stooges. Um, minus some of the physical comedy, I suppose, but, uh, they're, they're just, uh, dumb old men, uh, uh, doing something that, uh, seemingly even young, dumb, uh, men would have difficulty doing just because of the, the, the terrain, uh, the, 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 the buried treasure they were after, uh, was, uh, sort of revolved around a real life legend of, uh, a, a pirate of this area who had apparently buried treasure and that they sort of built it around that. That was some of the scripted parts, which, uh, you know what, on that note, I should say one of my complaints of, uh, previous, uh, incarnations, let's say of the grand tour was that it felt a little too scripted. Uh, and they did have some of that here, but it was few and far between compared to uh, previous outings, uh, which I very much appreciate because uh, these these three are better when they're just sitting around chatting, shooting the shit, uh, as opposed to uh, some of the more scripted things, which which do happen. But uh, yeah, uh, okay. Oh yeah, did I I forgot to rate uh, the Dark Divide? Cheese, uh, do I go five out of five? I really really liked it. Yeah, what the hell? Dark, the Dark Divide, five out of five. Uh, definitely, definitely work a rot, uh, worth a watch. And uh, David Cross is incredible in it. Of course, um, I feel like comedians in drama roles is quite often just a recipe for fives out of fives on this podcast. <laughs> uh, 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 Grand Tour presents a massive hunt. Yeah, this was a, a really good one. Watched it with the missus, actually. She enjoyed it as well. Uh, I think I'd go like a solid four, four plus, some, some fun, even five moments, potentially. Ooh. Television talk. Today's television talk sponsor is Daisy Mae Cooper Lamaze Classes. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, we had two movies. Now we've got two television shows. Ooh, baby, baby. The Haunting of Blyer Manor. I will say season one, just in case they decide to make another season. Although I don't know how they would 
unless they did sort of an American horror story type thing where it was all different people. Maybe kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. Uh, okay, so um, I sort of heard a lot of people, yeah, in, in terms of categories we put television shows on, uh, on this podcast, uh, this would fall under a few, but uh, the, the predominant one that comes to mind is uh, uh, television shows I heard a bunch of people talking about on podcasts which uh, is quite often one. And then also uh, uh, ones in which uh, uh, Raul uh, from uh, uh, some Funhouse videos who I'm a big fan of seems like a, a very nice down-to-earth uh, uh, dude who, uh, you know, that, that that type of, man, I'd like to, you know, get a drink and shoot the shit with this guy. Uh, he is in this. So if you're unfamiliar, uh, uh, the story tells of a young au pair hired by a man to look after his niece and nephew at the family country house after they fall into his care. Arriving at the Bly estate, she begins to see apparitions that proceed to haunt the premises. Uh, yeah, so it's a horror television show series it's only nine episodes um sort of british style uh 46 to 66 minutes well wow, I, I didn't notice that maybe the last one was a little longer um yeah uh, uh netflix created and uh very very good scary spooky interesting confusing um and perhaps that's the knock against it uh i i, I liked it and as quite often comes up on the podcast, when it is a piece of media, uh, quite often this falls under the category of books and television where I don't, or uh, movies and television, uh, where I don't know what is going to happen next. Those are ones that give me uh, the most enjoyment. But you know what I've, I've sort of come to the realization? Um, there's a line where when I don't know what, is going to happen next because I have no idea what's happening because it's, it's a little confusing. It's a sort of a fine line there that you can cross that this did not consistently, but a few times I was, I, I just didn't really know what was happening. <laughs> uh, you know what I should say potentially, you know, don't tell anyone this, uh, quite often we'll watch this, uh, with the misses after work and quite often after work, allegedly I might smoke, a little of the devil's lettuce. So that probably did not help uh, with my 100% uh, uh, understanding 100% of the time of this show. Um, it had to do with like ghosts, yes, being dead, time travel-y, uh, being stuck in memories. Uh, like there's a lot of lore, let's say, that they kind of throw at you, which is, I think, where most of the confusion lie. Uh, that being said, uh, the the story, the actors, the, uh, the the spookiness, all very very high, and I do recommend it. Um, rating wise, I think I'll go a solid four plus, except for those confusing less than three moments. Aha! Convoluted rating concluded. Moving on to Taskmaster Series 10. Yeah, uh, so I've spoken of Taskmaster before. I, I, I think uh, my last 
talk of it was where I watched like the first friggin' eight or nine or whatever. Uh, and and I, I may not have brought this one back in particular. However, it was sort of an interesting uh, snapshot of history in that when they started filming, it was uh, pre-COVID and mid-filming, it was, well, mid-COVID. So you, you you sort of seen the change in the way they film things, which is uh, pretty interesting. Uh, so, so you'll see some of the tasks where, uh, uh, the contestants, uh, are, you know, not social distancing and then eventually they are and, and, and sort of how they've had to work, uh, that into the show basically. So it was a, it's sort of a cool thing. Uh, they managed to pull it off well. I, I'd say the only, mm, maybe there's others, but the, the main sort of downside is the not having a live studio audience for some of the things, particularly when Greg, uh, is being mean to, uh, what's his nuts? Oh shit. Uh, oh God, I, I suppose I could just look if I had this open. Let's see. Alex Horn, little Alex Horn. Yes. Yes. Uh, sometimes those are fun or less fun, it felt like, when the audience is not laughing along, it, it, just to sort of a, a, a silence. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, um, rating-wise for this season, uh, I don't know, it was really good. I, I, I always really enjoy the show, and they're all free on YouTube, too, so. I uh, laughed a lot. God, I, I think I just go five out of five because uh, I've never had a season of Taskmaster that I haven't thoroughly enjoyed, and this is one of those. Conan, the librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Book banter. Today's book banter sponsor is, oh shit, I'm not there, Conundrum's Glass Bottom Boat Tours. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, yeah, friggin' finally. Uh, uh, this was, I don't know if it was the longest between book banters. It's just, this book took me a long time to read. Um, it's just I didn't have the drive for some reason to power through it. Uh maybe just give my rating right off the bat. It was three. It was fine. You know, uh, it's just something about this war of the souls series has not pulled me in, uh, like the previous dragon Lance ones have. Uh, I, I think it's the, it's just gotta be the fact that it doesn't have, uh, the, the, the sort of OG adventuring party together that, and there's not much in the way of, yeah, I suppose there's some, but, but there's really not that much in the way of what I would sort of call questing, like traveling from point A to point B and a bunch of shit happens along the way. That's, that's of fantasy novels. Those sorts of things are usually my favorite just because you kind of never know what's going to happen. Like literally anything can happen in a world of magic while you're traveling. So, um, so this is of course by Margaret Weiss and Trey Tracy Hickman. It is Dragons of a Lost Star, which is sort of a cool name. And it is book number two of The War of the Souls. Let me see what the Goodreads tells us. As the War of Souls continues, the shield over the elven kingdom of Sylvanesti falls. Yes, we'll, we talked about that, um, that shield and how it's uh, sort of felt a little like a, a Trump-like wall. Uh, last 
talk of these books. Mina leads her forces triumphantly into the conquered nation, only to face danger from friends and foes alike. Meanwhile, Goldmoon... Yes, yeah, so she was a bit more in this. Meanwhile, Goldmoon follows the River of the Dead, which uh, sounds like just a river that maybe has dead people, but it is literal, like a picture ghosts uh, uh, moving from point A to point B, just thousands upon thousands upon thousands of ghosts. That is the quote-unquote, River of the Dead that she is following, which threatens to engulf them all. Dragons of a Lost Star expands on the war, so Saga informs a point around which subsequent novels will revolve. Huh? Uh, let me just try that last part again. Dragons of a Lost Star expands on the War of Souls saga and forms the point around which subsequent novels will revolve. Subsequent novels as in book three of this trilogy or subsequent novels as in other... Huh. Yeah. Curious. Anyways, uh, rating-wise, yeah, as I say, three, it's fine. Uh, it's just... Maybe I am... As much as this hurts to say, maybe I'm dragon lanced out. Well, when you think about it, so what is it, December? I started reading just after quarantine started back in March of 2020. Uh, I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to read every goddamn dragon lance novel. And I have worked my way through a shit ton of them. However, uh, uh, maybe I've sort of hit the wall and I need to take a break. Uh, potentially, I, I think I'm going to read number three, which I just uh, am a few pages in as of yesterday, um, in the hopes that it sort of resolves and more happens. Cause that's the other thing I feel like not much happened in this. Uh, it's almost like if you took the first and second book and put them into one, like, I feel that would have been doable and perhaps advisable. Uh, yeah. Uh, so since I don't have much to say, and since I went so through, so slowly through the book, eh, let's just push this button. Game Gavin. Today's game, Gavin's sponsor, is Head Crab Shampoo. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, not so much a game itself, but game-related. Uh, GameSpot Game of the Year announced that their Game of the Year is Half-Life Alex, which I thought was just a, a, a incredible uh, and somewhat ballsy choice, just for the reason that they, they, they fully acknowledge uh and say it several times so uh you know don't at them <laughs> they fully acknowledge that this is a a game this is a, a experience i would almost call it um that not everyone can have uh if you're unfamiliar with half-life alex i actually uh reviewed it on this very podcast gave it a five out of five i am sure i often don't recall but when it's a five out of five i often do um uh, yeah, not easily available for all for the reason that it is a VR, virtual reality game, uh, for the PC. And in order to play VR on PC, you kind of need a, 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 a fairly sizable monetary investment, which is uh, not... Uh, and, and also uh, tech, some some technical expertise 
Mm, yeah, you, you do kind of need <laughs> as well. Like it's not, it's that's say what you will of consoles not being as powerful, but, uh, you, you know, you plug them in, you turn them on and they're good to go. Whereas with PCs, uh, although the end result is often, let's just put more in quotes, uh, the, the, sometimes you got to work at it a little bit, <laughs> which uh, I think is worth it. And, you know, particularly with a game like half like if Alex, which again, I, I would more call an experience on a game just because if you listen to my talk of it and of their, uh, they posted like a half hour long, uh, sort of explanation of why they chose and, and fully acknowledge this fact that not everyone can play. Uh, it, it's, it's just what this thing did on so many levels, not least of which was the story, not least of which was the fact that, Although this is not Half-Life 3, it's allowed uh, 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 Half-Life 3 to become a distinct possibility and sort of set up for that finally after all these years. So if, if you are at all a fan of Half-Life, even if you're not a fan of Half-Life, I, I, I feel like you could potentially appreciate what that game did for just gaming as a whole. And now what this game has done for VR as a whole, because it's shown uh, uh, sort of what that tech is uh, makes possible, which is, is really just incredible. It, it made me watching their video of talking about uh uh, 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 talk just talking of how it's their game of the year choice made me want to replay the game, which uh, I definitely will at some point. Uh, right now, just to give you a little uh, behind the scenes action, uh, uh, playing Cyberpunk 2077, and probably going to play as soon as I finish recording this. Uh, very much enjoying that. Uh, not dissimilar to Half-Life Alex in that I'm playing on a, a fairly beefy, uh, uh, PC and having very little issues. Whereas others, if, if you're playing on console, seemingly just don't, <laughs> which is uh, very, very sad because, uh, so far, uh, it's reminding me a little bit, not a little bit, uh, a lot of Grand Theft Auto, just better looking and a cooler story. Uh, 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 and just sort of themes that I like more than would happen in a Grand Theft Auto game. So, uh, I'm digging it. Uh, and I think I mentioned this last episode, the only glitches I have seen, uh, consistently are ones in which like a, a item will just be floating in space. And I can think of maybe two or three times I've seen that once it was, uh, Johnny Silverhands was smoking and sort of, he would put his hand down, but a cigarette would remain in the air. So that one was a little weird. Oh, you know what? <clears throat> you could say maybe that was like a glitch of him. Uh, okay, well, I won't give a spoiler. But uh, anyways, let me push a button to finish this off with our final segment. Internet Intercourse. I like turtles. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Funky Kong Cool Jams 1995. Item the first, Comedy Bang Bang, colon, 2020 Holiday Spectacular. Yes, I will, since I've already given some behind-the-scenes action, uh, 
Uh, I will let you know that the date of this record. Oh shit! Wow, I didn't even realize. <laughs> okay, well, I'll just say the the date of this recording is December twentieth, which means I am deep in the throes of the holiday season. Um, <laughs> it also lets you know how far ahead I have, uh, because this will be in January. I I don't even know. Maybe even February. Anyways. What I was just about to say was, wow, I didn't realize it was that late in the month. And <laughs> that just goes to show you. I have had, uh, like, uh, I've of course seen jokes and memes about not knowing you know, what day it is of the week, that sort of thing, or what month it is. But uh, yeah, uh, that is a real thing. <laughs> like, not knowing sort of where you are in time. Which is interesting. Like, it doesn't bug me. I always just be like, wow, that is interesting. Uh, yeah, so Comedy Bang Bang uh, 2020 Holiday Spooktacular. Well, yeah, Spooktacular. Spectacular. I don't know. <laughs> I always, whenever I, I see spectacular in this sort of uh, uh, connotation, is that the word I want? doesn't matter. No one's listening to this. Uh, I always want to say spooktacular instead. Join us for that special time of year when Scott invites friends old and new to celebrate the comedy bang bang holiday spooktacular. See, I did it again that time on purpose. Uh, expect appearances from Jason Manzukis, Santa Claus, pretzel maker August Lint, intern Gino Lombardo, Ho-Ho, Oh, the naughty elf and the kid who saw mommy kissing Santa Claus, the chief, and so many more. Yeah, this was two and a half hours long. <laughs> it was uh, just two and a half hours of ridiculous silliness, and I loved every minute of it. Uh, the chief, oh, I, I love the chief. He's one of my, or she, I guess I should say, she, hmm is one of my favorite uh, uh, guests on the program. And uh, uh, if you've never listened to Coming to Bang Bang, uh, should you start with this episode? Yeah, sure. Let's just say that you should start with this episode and then see what happens when you do. Uh, uh, it's just a delight of silly comedy. And in these trying times where we don't know what times are, you know, you need that sort of thing. I feel like. I feel like. Uh, speaking of feeling like needing things, <laughs> what a fucking horrible segue. Uh, the Adam Savage Project with Mike Berbiglia. Berbiglia. Uh, Mike Berbiglia, uh, which I didn't realize I would have trouble saying his name out loud, but I do apparently, is a uh, comedian. Comedian. Oh man, the rails are falling off here at the end of this. Uh, uh, a comedian who somehow, some way, um, uh, this was like a podcast I watched on YouTube. We got to see uh, 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 Mike's setup, where apparently he's doing things uh, online, uh, sort of a, a web series. I, I don't really know what the whole story is, but we got to see his sort of setup of his office and his recording studio and and what he's got on the go uh i don't know how adam savage is involved exactly but uh apparently these two share a, a sort of mutual respect for one another which was a, a sort of a delight to see a delight to witness uh, uh how they just sort of appreciate each other from a, a, a artistic standpoint uh, is sort of how it felt and uh you know uh, those sort of feelings those feelings of uh, uh, happiness and, and, and mutual respect and, uh, 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 
just I don't know. It's just maybe that's what I was seeking in the moment when I watched this, and uh, it delivered many folds. So uh, I have to bring it back to the internet intercourse segment of this podcast to mention it, so that you too can share in this feeling. Is the point? Lastly, similarly, which is a word I try to avoid because I can never say it well. Uh, uh, not another D and D podcast, colon, a cocoa night holiday special. Yes. We've got two holiday spooktaculars here. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with not another D and D podcast or nad pod, if you prefer, because it's easier to say. And remember, uh, it's a D and D actual play podcast, uh, on the Headgum network. Um, it loved it. it was just an incredible achievement in that medium. Uh, and they put out a holiday episode with the old gang, which was a delight to hear. Not least of which because, uh, and they did this last year, which I had forgotten actually. Um, <laughs> they took these not grounded characters necessarily because it's D and D and you know, they've all got magical abilities and stuff and brought them to, uh, <laughs> Donkey Kong country. <laughs> And I mean that quite literally, like from the video games. <laughs> and then they just sort of have like a, a little mission, a, a, a little uh, a one shot, I suppose it would be there. So uh, imagine taking your favorite, uh, whatever D&D character you're currently playing, and then they end up on uh, uh, the island where, you know, Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, all those people exist. And I will say that one of the funny things is there's a shit ton of blood and death. Like, obviously, for the reason of that's not something that normally happens on Donkey in Donkey Kong Country, where uh, there's a shit ton of gory, bloody deaths. Uh, for the holidays, for the holidays, folks, I will say to you, despite the fact that uh, anyone listening to this, the holidays will have passed. Uh, um, but still retroactively happy holidays, happy, happy holidays. It's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean, but you can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be, won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.